Even the best of relationships are taking a beating right now, thanks to the pandemic. You could have the best partnership, you could have the best marriage, but when suddenly the rules change, financial pressures, health pressures, homeschooling, 24-7 in the same space, suddenly everything changed. Well, let's figure out how to bring us back to balance, back to calm, and back in love. I've got Dr. Ish Major with me today, so you don't want to miss it. I'm Sarah Heiner, and this is the Bottom Line Advocator Podcast. Don't forget, rate and review us, please, so that we can spread the word more. And there are a whole lot of people who needs a whole lot of love. So share this, please. Tell your friends about it. All right. I am late again. Dr. Ish Major and I just had our first marital fight. Who's on time? Who's late? Who's running just in time? <laughs> are you guys having a hard time with your relationships since the pandemic? Because it's been really hard divorces are up people lawyers and you know, divorce lawyers and and marital counselors are getting calls like crazy relationships that were able to handle normal life and kind of the the handoff in the space suddenly in this closed quarter 24 7 oh my god could you please get out of my face life marriages and relationships are having a hard time so today i've got a great guest with me dr ish major and we are going to unpack the problems from the the pandemic are creating some of the just the major issues that people have in relationships and see if we can't be sure that we've all got some marital bliss going um, i'm sarah heiner as you all know uh, president of bottom line and welcome to our thursday afternoon um, bottom line talks uh, let me remind you that we have got a growing library of these on the bottom line facebook page we've got all the videos so they're there tell your friends about them if you can't see them you can always come back if you love it so much and you want to see it again you can always come on back and watch it or you can come to our youtube channel um, which is bottom line inc on youtube and we've got a huge library not just the facebook lives but hundreds of other videos that i've done interviewing different experts and guests through the years um, so let me bring on Dr. Ish Major now, who's busy fidgeting with his camera. I can see that right now. <laughs> you look perfect. There you go. Uh, and let me tell everybody how great you are. Many of them probably know you already because you are far more famous than I am. Um, so Dr. Ish Major, he's a board certified psychiatrist who specializes in, among other things, dating, mating, and relating. Um, he has been named to the prestigious list of America's top psychiatrists for the last three years running. He's the co-host of WeTV's Marriage and Family Bootcamp Reality Stars. That must be a fun time. We will talk about that another time. <laughs> and you have been seen all over as an expert guest on programs like The Doctors, The Today Show, and all over broadcast TV. Um, and you can, um, you're also the author of Little White Lies, which is a great little mm. book. Um, and you can learn more about Dr. Ish and his work at drishmajor.com. So Ish, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. All right. So I started talking about, you know, when you and I talked the other day, we were going to talk about, I'll call it kind of the top challenges. Divorces are up. People are having marital issues. And let's go down the list of top challenges. And we're going to talk about a few of those. But I realized, mm -hmm. I just, you know, when you and I were talking a couple of minutes ago, that the issues people are having now are in some ways like nothing before. And in some ways there's stuff that was buried under the carpet in the busyness of life. Right. So let's start out super high level in terms of what are you seeing? What's the, what's the high level thing that, that, and I'm calling it marriages, but relationships, partnerships, yeah. um, you know, whatever it is, our close, close love relationships are experiencing through yeah. the pandemic. And even as things are starting to open up. 
Yeah, I think the pandemic, your relationship on a pan, on the pandemic is like pouring gas on a fire, right? Whatever was great, it's an accelerant, right? So whatever was really, whatever was good, it's now probably really good. And whatever wasn't so great, it's now really not great. And so we see, I'm seeing folks coming in with one of two problems, right? We're having the folks who are, who are either single or newly in a relationship, and this, there's this mad pressure, right? There's like, listen, we need to get in this relationship, we need to have some babies, moving together, maybe we get married, maybe we don't, but we gotta figure that out because time is running out, you know what I mean? And well, then- I've also heard that that crowd is like, once you know that someone's germ-free, suddenly right. they're jumping into very tight relationships right. because they wanna create their little you know, bubble right. of safety. So that right. sometimes they're jumping far faster than they really should. Absolutely. And then you've got folks who were kind of just kind of, you know, getting through it. I had some nice distractions. I could get in my car for an hour and, and you know, and stay in traffic a couple hours a day. And I had a nice eight hour distraction at work. And so I really had to only be around you five to six waking hours a day. I could get through it. <laughs> now that's not the case. And so for those folks, that acceleration has been like, you know what, buddy, as soon as that door cracks, I am out of here, <laughs> right? And so there's that part too. And so, but, and then there are the couples who were doing really, really good before and they're, and they're even doing better now because it's just kind of made them appreciate that all the more. So we're seeing a wide spectrum of things, but it's, it's like one of those, it's like everybody's in, a, in the midst of a mini existential crisis. And we're all really over these last six to nine months have asked ourselves, okay, hey, you know, what, is, what am I really doing here? Right. And what is this what does this thing really mean? And and oh, by the way, what do I really need in order to be happy? It's like our house is on fire. And what do you do when your house is on fire? You reach for the stuff that is most valuable first. Kids, money, car keys, partner, right? That's what else can we fit in the car in this amount of time? And then that's out. And we're noticing we're not having a whole lot of patience for the stuff that doesn't help us feel good anymore. And so we're seeing a mad rush to get in because folks are looking for that comfort. And we're also seeing a mad rush to get out. The divorce rate spiked at about 56% last month. Wow. So what about the relationships that were doing fine? They were just kind of normal, right? As you said, yeah. they worked, they had their choreography of life. They did the kid yeah. handoff, they had the routine. When, you know, mm-hmm. they went to work or one stayed home or you know whatever it was, they managed the kids. The kids went off to school, y'all had your breaks. So everything was fine in that paradigm. And now suddenly all those rules changed. That right. suddenly roles have changed. Like mm-hmm. suddenly in two, you know, two working families and suddenly you got to, someone has to tutor the kids and now you got this whole handoff thing going. Or right. someone, you know, suddenly you have to deal with stress in a way. Like someone, like you're fine when life's not stressed, but suddenly, you know, now in a stressful environment that just puts um, under the microscope someone's anxieties and tendencies. Yeah. So they were all kind of doing fine. They didn't necessarily have something horrible going on, but now it's like they got thrown into another planet and their whole relationship is topsy-turvy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's the routine, right? The routine is the thing that helps us know that life is okay. The routine is the thing that helps us know we're gonna be okay tomorrow because we're more than likely gonna do the same exact thing we did today. Like you said, we got the handoff, we got that routine. So once that goes away, now we're really trying to scramble to figure things out. And the thing that this has introduced is what we call in psychiatry stressors, right? It's a stressor. Money is a stressor. Most couples on a Friday, the thing they argue about the most is money. It's a stressor, right? Time management, that's a, that's a stressor. Responsibilities around the house, that's a stressor. 
And so folks are trying to have to figure out a new way to relate. And in the midst of that, trying to figure out our new roles, our new responsibilities, people are really getting on each other's nerves. (laughs) And if normally they're compatible, right? they're not good at fighting. And now suddenly because of the stress, it's like a constant fight. So again, this is this is mm-hmm. setting off these bad patterns that they never had to deal with before. Right, they weren't there before and now they're there. And the mistake that a lot of couples are making is the reason they're fighting is because of each other. But the reason you're really fighting is because inside we are scared, right? A lot of us, we just, we don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna get sick tomorrow if I have to go to work and do this thing. I don't, I don't know how stable this job is going to be, right? I, I don't know how we're going to be doing next month. I can't answer those questions. And so a lot of what we're doing is really just trying to be okay. And when that starts to kick in, we go to our normal mechanisms, our normal coping skills, our normal, what is that thing I do to feel okay? And a lot of couples, their, their safety coping mechanisms are butting up against each other, right? Some people, uh, like, for, like, for example, my lady, her coping, she needs to be outdoors. She needs to be in nature. She needs to go for a walk. She needs to, you know, she needs to do that thing and get some air. My, the way I cope and feel safe is I hunker down. It is a bunker. It is ironclad. I've got the steel shades coming down over the windows and nothing's getting in, right? And so every time they come back inside from a walk, I'm like, oh my God, you're trying to kill me, <laughs> okay? And so our cope, they're not matching. But if you can take a pause in that moment and realize, hey, they're not, they are not attacking you. They are not purposely trying to do things, put you in harm's way or make you feel less safe or less certain about where you are. They're simply trying to cope. And this is the best way they know how. Once you can, once you can just do that little thing in your mind, it gets a lot easier to deal with. So one of the biggest challenges in marriages in general, and one of the reasons that marriages break down is because of communication. Mm-hmm. She, she talks too much. He doesn't talk enough. He mm-hmm. hunkers down. She wants to, you know, to talk it all through. Right. Um, how vital, this is like the dumbest question going, right? How vital is it that couples at this point in time need to talk about their anxiety, that the stress in terms of, you know, their fears about what's going on instead of just holding it inside and then, you know, feeling like you're mad or feeling like you're alone, that to be able to share that and the communication now is more important than ever. Even if you didn't talk before, now you got to, like you're all you got, right? We're all we got in terms of protecting our homestead. Yep, yep. And so I think communication is, it's, it's a nice umbrella term, but what we're really talking about now is we're really talking about being able to be vulnerable with each other, right? Because uh, we can communicate. I can talk to you about this and that. And, you know, most of us get a little more uncomfortable when it comes to communicating our needs and wants. But then we really get uncomfortable as a culture, just as Americans, right. when it comes to being vulnerable. Right. When it comes to letting you know what it is I'm scared of and what it is I'm uncertain about. Right. Because, you know, I'm a guy. I, right. I'm the guy. I got to be strong. I'm the protector. Right? I'm not supposed to know stuff. <laughs> right. But right now, I can't tell you that, you know. And, and so this is about really being comfortable, getting vulnerable and allowing each other the space for that to be okay. Where, you know, a, a lot of ladies are saying, well, I, you know, he just, he, he, he walls up, he shuts down or he won't tell me what he's really feeling. I'm terrified over here, but I, I don't know what he's thinking. So you've got to make it okay for him to share. So I, 
So you just start the, and you do that by sharing your truth first. And hey, you know what? I'm I'm actually very scared right now because I don't know how this money situation is going to work out. I'm not sure what we're doing with the kids. I'm not a teacher. Three days out of the week, they're at home, you know, and I feel like I'm failing as a mom. And so I'm really, I'm frustrated and I'm scared. How are you feeling? And then just leave it right there, right? And let him fill the space. My trick is count to 18 before you say anything else, right? Leave, leave the space because no one space. likes to leave silence. Nope. We are, as Americans, we are deathly afraid of anything silence because we feel like that means something is wrong. So we like to figure, fill it with idle chit-chat. Don't need to do that. I had a brilliant doctor from, uh, uh, who, who studied at Duke tell me one time, Ish, you walk into a room, you ask a patient what's wrong, and then you shut up for 18 seconds. Mm. And you and it feels like an eternity, right? When you're in the moment, it's like, oh my God, this is it. But in those 18 seconds, the expectation is, hey, I, you're going to fill that space, right? And, and and I'm giving you the, and it's okay to do so. And you'll be amazed at the things people will say after that 18 seconds is up. And then you can have a vulnerable conversation about this is what we're really scared about. And you understand, you don't have to have the answers. We just need to understand where we are on the same page as far as that goes. And commit that you're in this together and understand. Mm -hmm. yep. do, do people need to understand the and have a new empathy or appreciation for their differences? So well, right now, so that like, my, my husband, we've been married for 33 years. So now we mm -hmm. kind of like, we know each other's buttons. Um, and the running joke is that he'll, talk about it once and he's done. We've talked about that already. I like to repeat it a few times. Like, right? I need to process it. And then I need to process it again. Right, and then I need right. to talk through it again. And he's going, right. oh my God, do I have to listen to this again? And, that, you know, and then, then I feel like he dismisses me. Like, you don't want to listen. And he feels like I'm just going wah, wah, wah. I'm like out of Charlie Brown. But so, but we need to do it. How important is it though, that I understand, I don't take it personally when he goes, okay, been there, done that, talked about it. So I got to go call a girlfriend if I want to go go through it a few more times. Right. And that he understand, and I'll say this to him now, I understand you're done, but I need to process it a little bit more. Right. So, you know, bear with me a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's setting expectations, right? In, in every relationship, you got to set each other up to win. And so in that situation, guys get very uncomfortable because we don't really know why we're there. It's like, okay, well, uh, well and so, so, you know, and I hate to make it seem like we're putting all the onus and all the responsibility of the woman to always be the emotional leader, but that you just, you guys are just better at it. <laughs> so in that situation, yeah, <laughs> right. In that situation, tell them exactly what, right. Yeah. Communicating your needs and wants. Hey honey, you know what? I, I don't need you to fix anything right here. I just need you to listen. And now he can say, oh, cool. Okay. I'm just here for the ride. Now he can just settle into it over the next five to 10 minutes because he knows exactly what you need from him in order to make this next segment of our life come out. Okay. Oh, you just need me to listen. Because when guys, when we're here, when we're in a conversation, we're just, we're listening for the fix. Okay. What's the thing I can do to fix this? What can I, where can I help you fix it? And, and we're, and when we don't hear that, we get extraordinarily frustrating or if I already fixed it, I thought, <laughs> why are we talking about it again? You right? didn't listen to me. You right. never listened to me. <laughs> right. 
Right. Guys just want to skip ahead because it's, it's how we're wired. Women's brains are more very process oriented. You, that's why you're better at processing deep emotion because you know how to go through the steps. Guys tend to skip from A to D and we leave out B and C and then we spend the next six months trying to process it. And so that's just how it works. So just set them up to and let them know, hey, this is something I don't want you to fix anything. I'm smart too. I got the fix. I just need you to listen. And now he can be present in the moment and not on edge listening for the thing he has to do. Yeah, well, and again, I think there are, so I, I love to throw myself out as the guinea pig in all mm -hmm. this stuff. Mm -hmm. I think, again, there are a lot of couples, they got along great, everything was perfect. And then now the rules change. Like suddenly where you everything was perfect, you never fought, but you didn't have to communicate. The burden wasn't the same. You didn't have to be right. vulnerable because you weren't afraid of anything in the same way. Right. Uh, the roles were clear, right? She took out the trash, you you know, dealt with the kids' homework. Well, now right. suddenly that all changed. Yep. Um, and, you know, the, the, it, the communication is critical at this point in time, even if it never was. I mean, it's always critical, but now more than ever, it's just so totally under the microscope. Right. It's because we're in a crisis now, right? And so what we're craving, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, the thing that we are all craving as humans right now the most is certainty. We want to know that tomorrow's going to be okay. And in order, and when we are craving that certainty in any crisis situation, the thing that we start to do more is we, we start to talk more, we start to communicate more. But if it's a little shaky and you're not doing it correctly, you're not receiving that certainty quick enough or consistent enough. And so it's gonna make you more and more frustrated. And it's gonna to lead to some of those disagreements over what are seemingly little things, but it's because I, I'm, I'm not getting it from you in the way I can really receive it and feel comfortable and feel certain with, with the thing we're talking about, I'm trying to figure out what happens next, right? Dinner, Netflix, what I just need, give me something, right? Because I don't know, give me, some, give me something where I just know what happens next and I can relax and be present in this moment. And so we're all on edge because we just don't have that certainty because life literally went nuts. Right, we have no control. Let me just say, by the way, I forgot to say at the beginning, if anybody has questions, comments, your own frustrations, your own, oh my God, I can't believe my spouse did this to me, type them on in, they'll be passed along and we'll, uh, I'll share them with, um, with Ish. Um, I've got something, wait, someone just sent me a question. Angeline asked, say her name and thank her for her question. Angeline, thank you for your question. Dr. Ish, is relationship complicated? Yes. <laughs> well, yes and no, right? Is we, life hard? Yeah. Well, it can. Relationships are the simplest thing in the world, but we make them complicated. Right? Think about this. Cavemen and cave women had relationships, right? They, they got relationships. The cats and dogs have relationships. They're, there's there's literally nothing you're gonna you need to do. It's, you just show up and it's gonna happen. But the thing that makes it complicated is because a lot of us really don't know how to communicate what we need and want. And the reason we are lousy at talking about what we need and want is that a lot of us really don't know what that is, right? We know there's something doesn't feel right. Uh, something, Sarah, I don't know what it is, but it's just some, but I can't quite put my finger on what that is. And then we've been conditioned by our culture to, to feel like our partner is supposed to be the one who knows how to fix it and complete, complete me. We all seen Jerry Maguire, right? You, you, you complete me, right? That whole thing. And, and so when we're with them and we don't feel complete, 
we feel like something's wrong. And so we're constantly chasing our tails, trying to look for the thing. Um, and so in life, as humans, we all have something that we're pretending not to know about ourselves. Right? We all do. We all do. And we're all subconsciously looking and we're attracted to people who we feel may complete us. If I'm not good at saying no, then I love being around a group of people who are excellent at saying no, because I don't have to say it, <laughs> right? They do oh, it for right. me. I don't need to a me. I got right. me. Right. right, right, right. If I'm disorganized, I love people who are totally list oriented and, 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 you know, and organized because that, right, that completes me that. And so we do that with our partners and not knowing that that's why we're doing it. But then other things come up, some of those more personal needs, some of those personal ones. And then we start to feel empty and we feel this thing called disconnection. And we feel like, oh, my God, this is really hard. Where we really just got to work on polishing up and shining up that relationship you have with yourself. So you always know, what do I need to feel good in this moment? Right. And if you know it, then it's 10 times easier to let them know what that is, because just because they love you doesn't mean they can read your mind. They are not mind readers. Well, the other thing, nope. actually, Angeline, you're quite, I, I joked about it, Angeline, so I apologize because it's a, it's, you know, it's such a existential question, right, about relationship complication. But I was yeah. actually ish going to ask you something, and I think I think this plays straight into what Angeline was saying, um, that how much you know that relationships are complicated, but how much of it is that we overcomplicated ourselves, and right now through these extra stressors. We all just need to relax a little bit and chill the heck out because the yeah. like, small things become big things and that we've yeah. got expectations and we're impatient and we've got, as you said, we're looking for a little bit of control. So yep. if I can control, could you get your damn socks off the floor? Because like, <laughs> right, whatever it is, that right. little bits of things and that we're yep. in some ways making relationships more complicated than they need to be. Because if all, if, if you're in, you know, if, if you're in a place of, I love you and I want to help you have the best life you can. And I, you know, I want us to have a great life. Like it all kind of falls out in, yeah. in that simple way. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, it's, it's funny how that works. Right. And so it goes, it all goes back to what do we need in this moment? What do I need in this moment to be okay? And how can I help you get a little bit more okay? Right. And it was, and that's, that's the thing we're always trying to, trying to commit to communicate to each other in any relationship. The only two things anybody's ever trying to tell you how much I love you, or I need you to help me with something. I need your help right now with this thing. And that's why I'm screaming to the top of my voice because I need your help with this, <laughs> All right, right. right? Or I'm really trying to tell you how much I love you or how much I miss you. And it may not be, it may not be coming in a way you can receive it, but those are the only two things I'm, I'm really ever trying to tell you. And when you think about it, that's, that's what people are doing in a relationship. Those are the only two conversations we're gonna ever have. So show me how, and I've, I've seen this before, how mm -hmm. I miss you or I need you comes out when it comes out wrong right like you don't so, talk to me means i miss you right yeah so you text me 20 times in the last two hours why are you bugging me don't you know sarah how important and busy i am out here trying to to to, to do this job so we can get this check and i can help contribute to our lifestyle and help us right? why don't you appreciate the fact that i'm out here doing this why would you disturb me this much over the last couple hours? Well, because I miss you and I need you, <laughs> right? And so say that, just, right. just send the one text saying that 
miss you. Really need to talk to you if you have time. Done. Right. But again, we we can't do that if we're not comfortable being vulnerable, right? Yeah. Well, and we, sometimes it comes out in anger. Sometimes, sometimes it comes out in anger. You right. honestly comes out. It's out. It's angry. Like you're. Right. You know, it's resentment at their lack of being there. They're too busy. Right. They're whatever. And it really is that I just miss you, and I really want to spend time with you. And I really want to spend time with you. And how dare you not know this? You were supposed to love me. And if you love me, that means you should know what makes me happy because you're here to complete me, right? And so if that's not happening, then that must mean I may be in the wrong relationship or you may not be in love with me as much as you used to be. Oh my God, I'm going to lose this relationship. Oh my God, I'm going to lose the love I need. Oh my God, I'm not going to be okay. Now I'm freaking out. And it's that, it's that chain reaction of negative thoughts. Boom, 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 boom. Once you have the first one, that horse leaves the gate and it doesn't come back in. Are there things that people can do when they are feeling that missing or feeling that needing to, um, you know, like you can't just sit around and wait for them to show up. You know, you, you were out working 12 hours a day trying to take care of me and I'm, right. and I'm needing you, right? So you're doing, you're thinking you're doing what's right. Should mm-hmm. I be taking the initiative in our in our relationship ish? Now we've now we've got our thing going, um, and that, <laughs> right. So that should I schedule date night? Make sure that we've got ten minutes without the kids. Like, are there things that people should be doing rather than to be complaining that they should be doing to be able to help get themselves what they want and get the relationship what they want? Oh God, yeah. Well, first first of all, it comes down to self care. Right. Uh, Because there's nobody else who's ever going to be able to take care of you as much as yourself. But you've got to dedicate some time to know what that is. And so I recommend that at least three times a day you stop everything you're doing for 10 seconds and ask yourself, hey, what do I need to be okay right now? That sounds super simple. Right. It sounds, oh, what do I what what do I need to be okay right now? Okay, not hungry. Check. Lights check, food and coverage check, you know, <laughs> Netflix got Wi-Fi check, right? What oh partner check, right? What just run that list? What do I need to feel because you always want to know. You never want to be, you never want to, you never, you never want to be the person who shows up and doesn't feel whole or doesn't feel hard to complete, but not know what that is, because that's extraordinarily frustrating for your partner. Because remember, the reason we keep showing up is because we're trying to make you happy. So if you tell me what that is, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to try at least, but I can't help you if you can't tell me exactly what that is. And it's and it's frustrating when you want me to play, you know, mind reader and figure out what that, I, I don't know what that is. So I need you to help me. And if you can help me with that, then we can figure it out together. And so you always want to know, okay, what is it I need to feel good in this moment right now? And if it is that connection, right? If it is that intimacy, by all means, you have to schedule a date night. I, you know, I, I, I'm a super car freak, and I grew up at a time where every three thousand miles we used to do oil changes, right? Tune up, take car in every three thousand miles, get your oil. So, I like to have couples do a three thousand minute checkup, which usually averages about to every two and a half, three days. You don't want to go any more than that without scheduling some one-on-one time, just me and you. No phones, no laptops. Kids are in the other room. They got iPads and they're going to be good to go for the next 30 minutes, right? And now this is just me and you, eye to eye, sitting down and saying, hey, how are you doing? You know, because at no point can your partner feel like they are not the most important person in the world to you. 
Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Every day you've got to remind them. Yes, we have kids. Yes, we have family. We have big, important jobs and responsibilities. And we got all these other things. But you're the most important person to me. Right. And this is this is me letting you know how significant you are to me and, and vice versa. And in that conversation, you really want to be focused on doing a lot more listening than you are doing talking. Yeah. Although I always make sure that I say, I, I let my husband know how much I appreciate him. Yeah. That goes a long way with guys. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we like that because at the end of the day, right, we are, we are. So if you think about who he was, right, when he was five years old, he was just that little boy who loved his mom. Right. And he made that raggedy birthday card with the macaroni. You couldn't tell what it said. And he brought it home. Right. He gave it to her. She was like, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She framed it, put it over the mantelpiece. Right. He's still that little boy. Right. And and you're now the most important woman in his life. So he just wants to make you happy. He just wants to know that he's making you proud. And so by all means, tell him that it goes a long way. It's not belittling. It's not diminishing. It's not beneath you at all. If he rearranges, you need him to move the table from one corner to the next. When he does it, you go up and you, oh, my big, strong man. Oh, my. Right. You will be amazed how he responds to you, because that's just that's why we're there. We just want to put a smile on your face, no matter how big or how small the task is. We just want to know. It was a job well done and you appreciate it. So that goes a long way. Well, Huge. and I also had read at some point that men want to be our heroes. Yes. Just you just you want to be you want to be Hercules. You want to be known yes. because you're you're a hunter and you're a protector and you're all those all those things. Right, right. We want to be big yes. and strong, <laughs> right? And all those right. things. And so well, let us, right? Let, let us let us have that fantasy, right? Because deep down we know, right? We we know we're not really measuring up most of the time, but let us have that one. <laughs> that, that, you know, so it's you know, it's such a hard thing when you know strong women that they feel like that they have to do it all. And you know, that it's it's been an interesting thing where men don't know how to behave anymore in their relationships sometimes because women have this thing about, I have to be strong. So I can't right. be, you know, I, I can't have my right. husband take care of me. Like, right. It's okay. You can be a strong woman and still be a vulnerable woman. And you can still have your husband be your hero and take care of you. And you can still nurture them and have them be strong as well. Right. And take it one level deeper. What is your definition of strength? Right. right? And, and so understand what that truly means because emotional leadership is strength, right? Somebody always have to show up and be the emotional leader in the room. That's strength, right? That's the bit. So what really define that for you and understand how guys think we, there, there are only two things we need to know from you in order to be blissfully happy with you forever and ever. Amen. We need to know why you need us and what we can do to make you happy. Mm-hmm. The minute, that. right. The minute he's on the couch next to you and he's wondering why you need him, you've got a problem. Yep. Because now, because now he's going to fill in the blanks with a whole bunch of foolishness that's not true. <laughs> and so you always want to communicate to him those two things consistently. Over the, here's why I need you, honey. I got got my my Bank of America statement is amazing. You don't even understand. <laughs> don't need you for that. But <laughs> what I do need you for is the closeness, maybe the emotional support, just to be there to listen. If I've had a rough day, right? whatever those things, there's no wrong answer. Whatever that is for you, just make sure you're communicating to him why you need him and let him know exactly 
what he can do to help you feel better, right? To make you happy. Draw, you draw a man a hard target and he will do his best to hit that target everything every single time. But if you make it nebulous, if it's just kind of out there in the ether and it's, it's more of an idea and not a thing, then he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna be extraordinarily frustrated because he doesn't believe and he doesn't know how to make you happy. So draw him a hard target, set him up to win and see how much and see how much he gets done. So let's talk about, um, there are a few things that in terms of kind of core challenges in relationships, but this, this dovetails right into that. So mm -hmm. one of the big breakdowns in relationships is sex. Yep. So where in the midst of all this closeness and stresses, you know, so that, that how does sex fit into this formula? You know, there, there was people who under stress, they want more sex, like that gives them reassurance. And then there are those that under stress go, I really just don't have the head and heart for this right now. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And so again, what is it you need, right? What is it, what is it you're looking for? How, how do you wanna feel afterwards, right? Because my guess is you want to have sex because you wanna feel this thing called love and connection and belonging, right? And if that's, okay, so if that's what you want, then there are multiple, many things we can do to have that feel. Right. It's not just sex. So understand what it is. Is it is it the physical closeness Is it the intimacy? What is what is that love language? Right. What how do you need to receive love in that moment? So for a lot of folks, it is it is that physical touch. It is that intimacy. But you've got to know what is your thing. And so the first thing, get really clear about what that is. I had a couple who had been together for 15 years and she came in. Obviously, usually it's usually the woman who comes in first and then the guys will, will come in You know, after that. She came in and she was like, well, you know, he just doesn't, he just doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. He doesn't help me feel like that. And I was like, okay, so, you know. In the bedroom, he doesn't do what she wants or in life, he doesn't do what she wants? In life and in the bedroom. So okay. the, in life, it happened in life and then it translated to the bedroom, right? right? And so it's like, okay, now, now nothing's happening over right. here. And I was like, okay, so let me ask you this. You know, what, what are your love languages? Crickets. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, how do you, what is it that he does that, you know, how do you need to receive that message from him that lets you know he's there and he's connected? So, well, I, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, look, what, what are his? How do you give it to him? How does he like his crickets? And so you just, you really just have to know. So when it comes to sex, I think the thing to understand is, you know, where you are along the lines with everybody else, right? Most married couples are having sex a couple times a week. That's about average, right? Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's one, that kind of averages out. So just understand that. If you're somewhere around those numbers, you're okay, okay? Now, the other thing is couples get busy and couples get stressed. And so there's a lot of thing that sends the sex off the cliff. Kids can send it off the cliff. Uh, In-laws can send it off the cliff. Corona has sent it off the cliff, right? Because yeah, we're here but I'm not really feeling all that sexy because I hadn't washed these sweatpants in like a week. <laughs> right? Oh, so, or you don't even, there, you don't even have the chance of like kids going out for a sleepover. So you can't right. have your sexy, sexy naked night on the couch right. or grown you children that have now boomeranged back home. You and, got it. You know, they're so not going to bed at eight o'clock at night. Right. right. So how do we, so how do we get that break? Well, you got to schedule it, right? you for married couples, the best sex tour you're ever going to have is your calendar right schedule that thing put it on the schedule hey honey thursday night 8 30 you know what we're doing right 
I've got the locks for the doors for the kids over here and the phones are off over here and it's just going to be me and you for the next hour. And so whatever that is now, maybe, maybe we can do an impromptu, you know, we can pretend we're in Paris and we can put a little candle on the table and have a little dinner. And then we're going to clear out the coffee table and we're going to take each and we're going to go dancing for the next 30 minutes. So whatever that thing is, whatever that effort is, it can never be too much. It can never be too corny because again, the only thing I'm trying to tell you right now is that you are the most important person in my life and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to stay connected to you. And so no, you've got you've to go there. I, the calendar, it doesn't seem sexy. It doesn't seem spontaneous. But believe me, knowing what's coming next is big, especially for 2020. So put that thing on the calendar and make sure you don't break the date because if you let something break that date, you just told your partner that there is something else more important to me right now than you. And, you know, it's so amazing. This, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff so far. And in the end, it all comes back to communication. Like, it's like what do I want? Right? What, what do I want? What, what, do I want? what am I telling you? And what am I not telling you right, right now? So that's, that's, always, that's always a thing. And here's, here's a tip for ladies, right? Um, ladies forget that guys like to be desired too. Right. I want I want to know you think I'm sexy, too. Right. I, I know. I You know, I don't I'm down to a two pack and not a six pack. I get it. But, <laughs> you know, I want to know that you still want me. And so we're always we're always communicating those things. Right. And it's not. And a lot of women say, well, I don't want to you know, I don't want to start flirting because he's going to have sex. All that. Well, no, no, no. It's not necessarily about that. Right. But it's in those other ways. Right. It's a little tap as you walk past them in the mm -hmm. kitchen. A little peck on the cheek as you just cut, right? It's a little, you're grabbing his arm or put your head, right? That is intimacy. That is connection, right? And those things, all of those things lead to intimacy. And then the intimacy, that can lead to a great sex life or it can just lead to more really cool intimacy. But you feel belonging in the end. Yeah. I mean, my husband and I touch each other. Like, there's always just a little bit of a touch right. here, a touch there, which right. it makes you feel good when I touch, you know, makes him feel good when I touch him. Right. But- it also makes you feel good, like it because right. again that the oxytocin, like the little buzz of yep. hormone, yep. when just from touching, and we yep. all right now need human connection when we've been starved from yes. not being with our friends, yeah. not being with our workers, not being with our family. Yep. We are so starved for human touch, right? Yep, now. We, we we really are, and it's literally, it's. It's one of those rare times in a relationship where it's a literal translation. How do you stay connected? Well, reach out and touch them, literally. Literally connect. And if you're looking for an artificial boost of that oxytocin, here's the thing you can do. There, there are two things that boost that level for you immediately. Babies and dinner, <laughs> right? Dinner? I'm, I'm not recommending you go out and have a new baby. Not recommending that. But Some aren't capable of it anymore, Mike. Right, right, right. Exactly. So... <laughs> Or you can't be around people who have babies, right? So that thing. So what you can do is you can sit down at a table with each other, and those oxytocin levels start to go through the roof. Something magical happens when two people sit down and share a meal, right? You got to be eating something together: wine, a little snack, whatever. That connection hormone, that love hormone, that you know, uh, that warm and fuzzy hormone, the levels start to spike as soon as you do that. And so make sure you're doing that at least a couple times a week. How important is it to look them in the eyes? Like you can sit at a table, your head's down and your you know, phones are gone, but to actually sit and look someone in the eyes. 
Right, right. And well, that's that moment of connection. Yeah. Well, that's what do we want in a relationship? I want to be seen. I want to be heard. And I want to be understood. You can't look me in the eye. You're not seeing me. Right. I need to know that you see me. Mm-hmm. And then from there, everything else builds. And so it's it's crucial. Right. Because, again, I need to know that I'm important to you. Look at me. Do, yeah. do you see me over here? Hey, over here. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Arrows pointing the whole thing. And so it's it's vital. But again, things happen in relationships where we don't show up as big as we should have in some moments. We did let you down in, in other moments. And so the thing we hate the most, the thing we dread the most is being called to the carpet on some of those things or being reminded of some of those things. And so some of those things lead to us not being able to look you in the eye anymore. Well, there was there was that that thing that happened. I know you're still disappointed about it. And we never really talked about it. And so, you know, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. And so this is this is about vulnerability now, right? This is about accepting that yeah, you know, I can I can be imperfect and I can be broken in certain ways, but I can still be strong for you, right? And that's 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 what that eye contact is saying, hey, I see you and I accept all of you in this moment. And I want to know that you're doing the same thing for me. And I let you in. So let's talk about cheating. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and the reason I jumped to that is because what is it, you know, I'm gonna hypothesize. You know, you know the answers, but I'm hypothesizing that as that the, we're talking a lot about how to make someone feel loved. And yep. if you're not feeling that love and you're not feeling that importance and you're not feeling paid attention to, well, then you go look for it someplace else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cheating is one of the major reasons that the problems in marriages, although I don't know if that's been an issue right now through COVID because no one can even get out to cheat unless they're all on their computers doing it. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> okay, fine. So then let's talk about cheating, like, because cheating is one of the biggest things and is, is. is the lack of what we're, what you've been advising now, the a major trigger for cheating. Why the hell do people cheat? I always go, that'd be so complicated, but my, my life's complicated enough. Why the hell do I want to go cheat on someone? Well, this is this is a very interesting time in the in the world to be cheating because it's never been easier to cheat, right? I mean, the opportunities are boundless. Well, I'm locked at home. I can't cheat with anybody. Well, I well, what's your definition? Do I have to have sex to cheat, or can it be a text? Okay. Can it be right? Can it be a phone call that I can sneak in? Can it be a secret message? Right? Those are those are that's a very powerful thing. The secret relationship. That's super powerful. The secret relationship can be even more powerful than a kiss, right? Because it's the it's the thing you've got going on in your mind here. And so it's never been easier to cheat, but it's and it's also never been easier to get caught, <laughs> get busted. So so that's the other thing. And so the thing, the thing about cheating is that it's not about what you're not doing, right? It's not a cheating is not about who you're not, right? Uh, and especially saying cheating is not. So if, if my husband cheats on me, it's not what I'm not doing. It's about the right. cheater, not the cheated. Right. I didn't, have, not, a, I didn't have a role in that. that right. It's not, it's not because there's something you're not cheating is about me. I'm cheating because there's a way I need to feel. And I don't feel like you're helping me with that feeling right now. That doesn't, 
Have I asked you about it? Nope. Have I talked to you about it? Probably not. <laughs> right? But what if you have? I mean, what if you have talked about it and then mm-hmm. I'm just a loser or that I'm just so busy in my own life that I'm you're you know, I'm taking you for granted. So I'm not. Right. And so. Right. So now. So now you're going to go find that thing. Right. And so the question, you know, people ask the wrong questions after somebody cheats. Right. The, the, the typical questions are who was she? Oh, what what does she have that I don't? Right. How many times and where and all this stuff? Well, the one question you need answered is, how could you feel with them that you couldn't feel with me? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Because we're cheating for a feeling, right? I want to feel powerful. I want to feel desired. I wanted to know that I was sexy. I wanted to feel respected. I wanted to feel admired, right? I wanted, right? I wanted to feel valued, appreciated again. What was it that you could feel with them? that you feel like you couldn't feel here with me. And if you, can, if you can answer that question, now you have considerably moved up the chain as far as having that not happen again, because we're cheating for feeling. Yeah, but doesn't some of that, and I, and I don't know if there are, they're the, the, I'll call it the innocent, genuine cheaters who just are so unhappy and they're looking to the outside because they didn't feel admired, appreciated, et cetera, versus okay. I'll call it the, the, um, cheated cheat addicts right so that mm-hmm. you know that there's a congenital cheater that there's some other more more something else going on in that human that they just something deeper about who they are their belief in themselves their trust in themselves or something but let me go back to the i i cheated because i didn't feel loved admired whatever mm-hmm. how come i'm surprised that again there isn't responsibility on the part of the partner that if I if I made sure I told you I loved you every day, if I made sure that you didn't feel invisible, that you were seen and heard and appreciated and got, you know, physically, you know, we had sex regularly and all that, mm-hmm. that then you wouldn't theoretically cheat. Mm-hmm. So that, isn't it a, isn't it, a, you know, responsibility on both ends? There's, a, there's, respons- there's responsibility on both ends, okay. but more of the responsibility is on me because I need to, number one, communicate to you that I need that, right? That's, I I need to know these things from you. And number two, I need to tell you how I need to receive that from you in order for me to feel it. Very rarely do both those things happen. And so again, we start to go on automatic. We assume, well, you're here, you should know. We've been together for 15 years. You should, why don't you know (laughs) what I, you should know how I like it. You should know what I need to hear. Right. You should know I need the words of affirmation. You should know I need you to touch me. You should know that I need a little gift, a surprise gift every now and then. And we forget to tell. Right. One of the one of the biggest things we talk about not appreciating people anymore, not or taking each other for granted is we just assume that the other person knows because of the duration. Well, that's just not the case. And oh, by the way, the person I was 10 years ago, I'm not that person anymore. Right. The things I was into 10 years ago. I'm not into those things probably anymore. And a lot of us are extraordinarily afraid to share the new update because we feel like that may pull us apart. That may say, okay, this is this is who they wanted then. If I'm showing up different now, then what is that going to do to our connection? Maybe I'm into some, you know, maybe I'm into a little bit weirder stuff, right? A little more edgy stuff now. I don't know. They're going to, right? Are, am I going to get rejected? So again, it really all goes back to vulnerability. How vulnerable are you? The, the, a marriage, a long-term relationship, that's about vulnerability. And the more vulnerable you can be with your partner, 
the more intimate a connection you're going to have. The more intimate a connection you're going to have, the better that sex life is going to be, the better communication is going to be, the better friendship is going to be. And we and, and cheating is off the table because I know I'm always tuned in. And so again, you always got to understand, again, those three questions three times a day. What do I need in this moment to feel good? What, so, what, do, I, what do I need right now? And what you've asked, right. right? I've communicated this to you, Sarah. Sarah, I've told you the same exact thing twice a week for the last five years. How did you not? We oh, we both knew this was good. Okay, now now you're complicit in that because I I have told you and I have asked and I have and I have laid out a roadmap and you just haven't given me the thing I've been needing to ask for. Right? I keep showing up to Target and. They never have the thing I need. Well, I told you to go to Bed Bath and Beyond, right? <laughs> it's over here. It's not at Target. We got to go over. Here. And so that's that's the thing, right? So you always, yeah. So that's that's where the that's where the partnership comes in. So I was going to ask you about the impact um, or the the difference between I'll call it newlyweds and olderweds, like you know, in terms of how they've been managing through all of this. But I'm going to switch that question at the moment and just talk about so that for newlyweds for new newer relationships mm-hmm. um, this is now the dumbest question in the world how how vital is it does sarah that you communicate your your needs up front like they, that you have to be very clear early on in the relationship oh yeah well now, you know what right. that's probably one of the it's the smartest question because it's the thing that most new couples don't do right. um and that starts on the first date right i'm talking about we're talking about setting expectations mm-hmm. hey this is this is, this is what it's going to take, right? We're all on that first date because I need to know what is your asking price. Okay. Okay, sir. What is it you need? Okay. couple text messages a day. Got it. I can do that. A uh, few phone calls a week. No problem. I can do that. Dinner twice a week. Got it. Not a problem, right? These are the things it's going to take to help you feel love and connection and belonging this relationship. Okay. Check, check, check. I can do all those things. Boom. I click the button. I'm opting in, right? Expectation is set. We're off to a beautiful start. Well, most of us are so worried about not getting it and so worried about being rejected in some way, right? It's that whole, you know, that's if you are familiar with the dating situation in towns like Atlanta, uh, where there's an extraordinary number of absolutely amazing women, not a whole lot of guys to pick from who are looking for them, right? The saying in Atlanta is, Half a man's better than none at all, <laughs> right? So are women so. just adapting, they're afraid to say what their, you know, top 10 list of needs are because if the guy, if if they don't fit in, then they're going to get rejected or they're going to. Or they're just, they're just scared. They're not going to get it, right. right? So it's, it's like Christmas. I almost don't want to open the box because I, I, I hope it's the thing I want, but if it's not, oh, I don't want to be just, right. And so. But then you and I talked about this when you and I first met. And we talked about that the vast majority of people know when they're walking down that aisle, Uh they're going to get divorced and exactly why they're going to get divorced. And it's going to be because of what they're compromising on. 65% of divorced women say they knew the day they got married, they were going to get divorced and they knew why. Uh, But we settle, right? When we can't have all of what we want, we'll settle for what we need in the moment because I just, I kind of just really need to feel better right now tonight. And so this ain't perfect, but I will do the thing. And here's the thing. Here's that one word that gets more women in more trouble than any other word when it comes to relationships. And that is potential, right? Well, 
he's not everything I want, but yeah, okay. He's not tall, dark, and handsome, and he's not independently wealthy, and he's got a pretty crappy relationship with his mom. Oh, and he's got a couple baby mamas. Oh, and well, you know, he's got some anger issues. He's not all that emotionally mature, but other than that, he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he looks great in clothes. Right? He looks great in clothes. He he's eats hot. with a fork. Right? right? Done. Check and check. Right. And so it's potential, right? Because it's it's a woman's nature to be loving and nurturing. And we can you can take that bird with the bruised wing and you can kind of, you know, and you can mother it up and you can throw some love on it. And a week later, whoosh, you know, it's ready to fly again. Um, but the thing, of, the thing with guys is you get the person you pick, not the person they could be, right? Yeah. And the person they are on day one is the person they're pretty much going to be on day 10, day 100, and day 1,000. And the thing that guys do that they don't tell women about is the more we see you trying to change us, the more resentful we get. Because when I showed up on that first date, I was pretty happy with who I was. <laughs> right? And now you're telling me that that's not good enough for you. And right? So every time, every time we ask for the change, even if it's a change that I know is going to be better from, hey, dude, you need to get more organized. You need to be you know, less procrastinator on these stuff. I know that's going to work in my life. But how dare you tell me that who I am isn't good enough for you, right? Because we've all suffered from that same disease, not enough itis. And we're no. all, right? And I can't, I'm not your mother. So right. I can't change you. So right. you, know, that you have to, when you're ready to get organized, you'll get organized. When you're ready to lose weight, I had a friend whose husband, he, had, he, he, was, he was great, but he, he had a little extra poundage. Yeah. Didn't matter what she did, what she said, and right. she never nagged him, but it didn't matter right. when he decided he was ready right. to lose weight. Right. He looks great now. Right. It's going to be him. It's going to do. Yeah. Right. It's like, and it's that Einstein quote, right? Uh, uh, men and women are different. It's like, um, all men marry women they hope will never change, and every woman marries a man who she hopes will. And in the end, they're both disappointed <laughs> because that's just not how life works. Yeah. Right. Well, and right. So, I always yeah. say that women think that they're marrying, that they're getting pet husbands and suddenly they get married. And now they think that their job is to change them and to clean them up and to, you know, manage their food and manage their wardrobe. No, you, you, you don't want a child. Like you'll get your child. You don't, you, don't. You, you, you get the guy you pick, not the guy he could be. And if you're, if you're his momager, right. If that's the thing you're doing, well, guess what else you're also doing? That ain't the guy you want to have sex with on a Saturday night. <laughs> Why right? does he want to have sex with his mother? Right. Or does he want to... <laughs> exactly? So all of those things, we 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 never keep track of all those things we put in in the space between you and me, right? And those all of those little things that we think we're helping, but they're really not, or we think are our responsibility, but they're really not. One of the coolest things about couples who've been together for a long time, you know, and this usually happens around the 15, 15 plus year mark, is that you finally figure out. I am not responsible for you. <laughs> Just, I'm not. Right. I'm not responsible for your happiness. I'm not responsible for your cleanliness, for your timeliness. I'm not. You are a whole, fully grown human, and you're responsible. I'm just here to enjoy some of it with you. That's it. Yep. So <laughs> right. True. So and true. once you figure that out, now you're in a relationship. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Right. You having a bad day? Can't fix it for you, but I'm here. I'm here to listen. Right. Yep. And and once you can do that thing quickly. Now you now you're cruising. Yeah, it's true. All right, I've got one yeah. question from somebody, and then I will let yeah. you go because you, you've been yeah. not. So the cheating hit a hit a chord. 
Um, it do does. Any, it does. Do you it's, have yeah. any advice for someone who keeps taking back a cheater? Yeah. So I think the question you need to ask is two things. After he gets caught again, I'm, I'm assuming it's a he, man, maybe wrongly so, but after they get caught again, ask them, look in, look in their eyes and ask them, are you glad it's over? Nobody ever asked that question. Are you glad it's over? Right? And, 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 see what, and see what they say, because there's something missing. There's, there's something in them. There's some emptiness there that they're trying to fill up and they don't feel comfortable getting that from you. And again, how could you feel with them that you couldn't feel with me? And then at some point, they keep doing it, right? I'm assuming you're making some adjustments and you're trying to work on the connection and trying to clean that up, but it keeps happening. And so now you've got to have a conversation with the other person you're in a relationship with, and that's yourself. And that conversation is, what is it about me that tells me that this is all I deserve? Mm -hmm. Right? And they can't answer that question for you. You got to answer that question for yourself now, right? Because at, at some point, there comes a time where you have to understand your value. You have to understand your worth. And once you understand your worth, you will stop giving people discounts on your time and your attention and your affection. If you're in a relationship and they are serial cheating, where they're getting you at bargain basement prices, right? Right. I just got to show up and be halfway present. And then I get to go out here and do all my other things and come right back because there are never any consequences. It's like if you got a baby, if you've ever had a kid, you know how important consequences are and to follow through with them consistently. I put my hand in the cookie jar once, take the hand out. Okay, okay right. But I do it again and there's no no consequence. Okay, what's well, it? It's a free run on chocolate chip cookies this week, right? So I can do it all I want. Or are there some people that, Again, I'll call it they're getting a half a relationship because they go, well, he's a good, they're a good provider. I don't want to be sexist in this, but they're a good provider that they come home every night, that they're nice. They, we walk on the beach together, that, right. that the net that they think, they think it's enough, right. but they don't realize how much they're missing in the fullness of the relationship. But they, but to your point, you know, is this all that I think I deserve or right. that they're just, they're. There, there's a safety net there that it's comfortable and the thought of divorcing is overwhelming and economically frightening. Sarah, that is the key word. It's comfortable. It ain't perfect, right? but I'm not miserable, right? It's and if not great. Go see, then right? there's less sex that I have to have. <laughs> right, it's right. It's, it's, it ain't great, right. but it could be worse because I know folks. And so it's really not, once we start doing the comparison shopping, it's only a matter of time before we just make ourselves more and more miserable. And this is what I call, now you're settling for the crumbs of affection, right? Right. Because you don't realize that you're worth the whole birthday cake. You're going to show up and settle for the crumbs. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's better, better than nothing. And that's, and that's not on them. That's on you, right? What is, what is it about me that makes me worth that, right? What is it about me that makes me think I deserve so little? Who taught me that? about myself was it a dad who wasn't around was it a mom who didn't have time nobody had time to make me feel appreciative significant or important right and who was it who taught you that and how do you know they were right 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 because if that's the message they taught you then they were wrong and you got to go back and you got to rehab a lot of those conversations with yourself well and all of that also trickles into the rest of your life 
So right. that then, then you're running around and you feel like a loser at work and you feel like a loser right. with your friends. So this isn't just about your relationship, that you right. as a human, and then you wonder why you're depressed and why you're taking Xanax or Prozac yep. or whatever else you're doing to go make yep. yourself feel a little bit better or eating. Yep. Or yep. Exactly. What your numbing medicine? What is that numbing? We all we all have it. Whether it's alcohol, whether it's drug, whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's attention, whether it's productivity at work, whether it's money in the bank account, whether it's fantasy football, whatever those things we can do to kind of avoid and check out or help ourselves feel better. It's a it's a shame guard. It's a guard against shame, right? Yeah. Right. I don't want to feel shame about who I am. So what can I do to feel? And what where can I fill the void? And usually. The way humans work is we usually have one area that we really excel at, and then the other ones are just okay. <laughs> if we do great in the relationship, the work is probably just okay, and health is probably just okay. Or if we're really, if we're just a physical specimen, then our relationships are probably not that great. And, you know, there's usually one area where we shine, and then the other ones are just okay. And again, it all goes back to what do I need to feel good about me in that moment? And we're going to do that one thing the best. And then a lot of those things, you mentioned the word, they're going to be comfortable. They're going to be tolerable. They're not painful yet. Look, I, yeah, my belly isn't so big till it's painful to me to look at yet. So I'm not going to worry about that today. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a two pack. Wait till you get right. the egg pack. Right. <laughs> Once I go to the one pack, now we got to press the button because now we got a problem. <laughs> it is true. All right, Dr. Ishmajor, you and I could talk for hours and hours. I'm going to let yes. you go, know, though. I really appreciate it. Maybe we'll, you'll come back again another day. Absolutely. Would love to. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it. Absolutely enjoyed it. And please, by all means, keep sending me uh, recommendations from, from new musicals that I need to watch because that is my jam. Right, Dr. <laughs> and I are like simp simpatico in terms of yes. loving old MGM musicals. Anybody absolutely. have a favorite? Put it in the chat if you have yes. favorite MGM musicals. Dr. Ishes is um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Uh, all, all bless your beautiful high all day long. That's where I am. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. You can learn all about Dr. Ish at drishmajor.com. So you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much, right. sir. See ya. Bye. I'm talking to psychiatrist and relationship expert, Dr. Ishmajor, about the unique pressures that are placed on marriage during the pandemic and how you can keep yours happy and intact. Helping people live powerfully and achieve their dreams is one example of what our flagship publication, Bottom Line Personal, is all about. Helping people do better and feel better. We talk to only the best, most qualified experts to provide actionable advice, not just about relationships, not just about healthcare and emotional health, but in all aspects of life, including financial planning, great gift ideas, how to save money on travel, insurance snafus, smart tax strategies, and so much more. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for nearly 50 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of our experts' greatest tips of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast.